0: I'm pleased to welcome Alex Wong, Director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. Good morning, Alex. Hi, good morning. And also James Wong, CEO of Cathasia Securities. Good morning, James. Good morning. Okay, let's kick off. China surprised the markets with only a modest rate cut yesterday. But were you surprised, Alex?
1: Uh... I would say a little bit surprised, but uh, we are getting used to that uh, because the, the market al- always expected a little bit uh, of the policy supports from the government. But anyway, I think that it makes no difference. Uh, uh, the boost uh, would, be, would not be that much, and I think uh, they need some more um, tools uh, rather than credit. I think uh, uh, right now is a confidence crisis. What what we need is uh, some measures which can boost market confidence instead of just a uh, way cuts. I think uh, just uh, some way cut would not help much in business activities.
0: And Alex, before we move on, can I ask you what would you do to if you were the Chinese government to boost confidence?
1: I would rely more on private enterprises. I would communicate more with uh, those mega techs like uh, Tencent or Pent, uh, or Alibaba, because right now uh, it's a new economy. I think uh, we need more uh, investment instead of just credit growth. So uh, uh, those companies would be very important because they have a strong cash flow from their core business to support the investment, just like Microsoft investing in OpenAI. I think we need those kinds of investment from China more. Okay, James, were you surprised?
2: Uh, a little bit, yes. Uh, especially when the PBOC cut a few market open rates uh, last week, uh, out of the market's expectation. So we were naturally expecting there will be a, a uh, indicative move on the five-year LPR, but turns out there isn't. So I think <coughs> the uh, <coughs> the offshore yuan is a perfect indicator on how the market sees this whole thing and how the market sees the overall economic strength of china
0: okay and do you agree with um alex in terms of the single biggest thing they could do is try and get confidence back to the private sector
2: oh yes i definitely agree with that and i think the uh, the 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 problem that we're facing now the rudimentary problem is the uh, lack or the loss of confidence in the real estate market yeah. and that is the uh, root of all problems because we can't really just uh, uh, come up with a slogan or, or a catchphrase and tell people to spend more. Uh, the people spend less because uh, there is a a, a a debt deflation cycle going on and I think we're halfway there and uh, if the real estate developers cannot pay their debts the banks cannot come up with the paid ups and the uh, the the saving uh, clients are tend to do more protective saving and they are more reluctant to spend and that that's what's co- was was uh, suppressing consumption and I think we uh, without the uh, real estate developers problem solved uh, the 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 whole consumption and the economy is not going anywhere. And without the LPR, five-year LPR being cut, I think the uh, Chinese government is focusing on something else, uh, mainly on the the uh, rural villages, literally villages within uh, cities, um, The meaning focused on the reformation or uh, revamp of those rural villages and the monetization of the people who were affected by those. So basically, it's more like a story or a script uh, that we've already seen back in 2015 or 2016. And uh, I think there are a lot of demand that could be released from this uh, whole revamp of rural villages uh, scheme. But uh, uh, it's it's probably going to take some time. Yeah.
0: Now, you mentioned debt there. Now, there are debt issues with property companies, also shadow banks and local authorities. How worried are you about that, James?
2: Yeah, I think the market is over exaggerating a little bit on the uh, crisis of those shadow banks because uh, we've seen a fraction of those shadow shadow banks having com- problems coming up uh, with payments, and uh, but right now I don't think the market has any. Uh, have any patience to go into details on which of those uh, branches were having problems and which are not, and uh, that's uh, that's the, the the two biggest uh, companies, the the shadow banks that we are uh, actually considering about counts for about uh, 10 trillion, uh, 1 trillion yuan uh, of AUM under management. So that's, that's probably a scheme of that. And I, I, I don't think we are already at that point where all the uh, collateral values are coming down to zero and people and the banks and shadow banks and, uh, and the, uh, the trusts who um, uh, were... Uh, pledging for those products are starting to uh, having problems hedging with each other, and uh, that—that's the point. I think that all hell will break loose, but right now I don't think we're, uh, we're 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 there yet.
1: So, Alex, how about you? Do you think all hell could break loose? I think uh, the problem is that we have in, we, we will be in a vicious cycle. So, yeah. uh, the, the COVID crisis actually would make less. Um, new cash flow into those uh, vehicles and also the property market probably would be frozen. Uh, Buyers would delay the decisions. So um, that's I think I would make the problem bigger and bigger uh, uh, as as time goes on. So I think that this is the biggest problem right now. Okay and what you're saying is exactly right, I mean we do seem to be in a
0: vicious cycle of confidence or lack of in China where people have a lack of confidence, it's causing not great results, which is leading to an even bigger lack of confidence. And so it goes on. What could be done to break that vicious cycle, do you think, James?
2: Uh, I think the Chinese government is trying to uh, uh, rebuild a system that's uh, ensuring the buyers of new homes that they will be uh, granted a, the thing that they were buying. That sounds kind of uh, ironic, but right now I think a lot of the people in China, they are worried about the, the money that is spent on a new house, which was not finished yet, cannot really be delivered to them at the end of their payments. And I think by 2024, there will be some new scheme either to establish a third party, a independent third party custodian like that we were having right now in Hong Kong, or there will be a elimination of or pre-sales of houses that are not completion, completed and, and that's a big movement I think. I'm looking forward to see it happening. Okay uh, anything to add on Alex? I think that would not uh, help much because uh, yeah. uh, because
1: it would make the cash conversion cycles of uh, property developers uh, longer so that I think uh, would, be a, would be a damage to that sector I think. So okay. um, uh, probably, if you want to boost to to boost the confidence you, 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 do make, you, you need something like the u s uh, try to pump a lot of liquidity, but I think China is uh, trying to um, to avoid that kind of, uh, of measures yeah, yeah. Um, and i mean they have
0: they are encouraging i think you know the media not to report the more negative stories or, or try and blow things out of proportion. <laughs> Um, do you think that could help confidence, or do you think when people hear that, that might let them make th- them panic even more?
1: I think the the only help is uh, to slow down the the, the painful process, yeah. so we are not in a panic mode. But I think we are slowly dying. So, so I think this is the yeah. only difference that it is making. Yeah. yeah, watch this
0: space. But I'm looking forward to the day I can come in the studio with some really positive news on the mainland. That would really make my day, make my month, probably make my year. Anyway, BRICS. Let's go on to BRICS. The BRICS is meeting in South Africa this week and looking to expand. It could generate about half of global output by 2040. That statistic really amazes me um, so it could generate about half of global output by 2040 if aspiring members such as Indonesia and Saudi Arabia join does this worry or excite you Alex uh,
1: of course this would be exciting I think uh, first of all I think uh, uh, the additions of uh, more countries will be helping I and I think uh, India probably and also Middle East would be important India is a big country and also uh, uh, population is huge and growing. And then uh, for Middle East, even though their population is small, but I think their spending power is huge and they are willing to invest. So I think uh, both are exciting. Okay. Um, James?
2: Yeah, I think there might be a uh, expectation in the market that is this, this is going to be a cartel of uh, production units around the world. So it's, uh, in a way that is kind of like the OPEC, but I, I don't think the bear too much resemblance, uh, because OPEC, they were having the power to set the price for one single product uh, that, that everybody needs. But for product chains, production chains around the globe, uh, even for them to uh, bind together, I mean, there would still will be options for the, uh, the end user to select from. So their power it together, I, I kind of suspect if they have any.
0: Yeah. I mean, the five countries that are in it at the moment don't exactly have a great track record for being aligned and um, having Mm -hmm. much of an impact. So maybe that's not going to get any better with 40 countries. But um, I mean, my biggest problem that I was awake all last night about is trying to get a new acronym. Uh, (laughs) If all the countries are allowed Mm -hmm. to join and the best I could do is Arabia's basic science mice. What do you guys think of that?
2: Done. silence. A bit long so, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, it's going to be long right. with 40 countries.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. What do you think the Federal Reserve, uh, chief Jerome Powell and his peers will be discussing in Jackson Hole this week? Are we expecting anything interesting to come out of the meeting, Alex?
1: I mean, right now the problem is that we have uh higher yields on the on the longer end uh in US treasuries. So there's basically a weak hike for me we are seeing uh, the 10-year and 30-year bonds uh, remain very weak. That is probably due to um, the downgrades or or due to the delayed uh, selling of uh, U.S. government bonds uh, because of the uh, previous discussions of the debt ceiling extension. So I think uh, in the meantime, we have already seen uh, the long-term rates to stay high and actually it's still going higher. So I think uh, they probably will be a little bit prudent because uh, the short-term rates actually... uh, are not expecting to go much higher, but I think the, the focus was a bit on the long end, I think. And James, do you think they're going to be prudent?
2: Uh, yes, uh, I think the the German power has been uh, a lot uh a lot less hawkish than the market expected for the last two policy meetings. And the reason why is because the uh, the real rates in the United States have uh, breached about two percent just now. And I think the real rates is gonna play it's gonna take its toll on the on the economy and even though we're seeing the economy US economy even for the Atlanta uh, <coughs> Atlanta Fred the uh, the GDP now model says the economy for the U.S. Uh, U.S. GDP is going to be five percent. Uh, I think people are still kind of worried that real GDP, uh, the real rates, is going to is going to uh, do some damage to the to the economy economic growth. And uh, I think the uh, the problem is with rate this high and with ten year yields, uh, the 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 highest probably since the October of two thousand seven. Um, the attract- attractiveness of uh, equity markets is starting to uh, look less appealing yeah. and mm. uh, if uh, with the, the dividend yield for S&P 500 is about what 1.6 1.8% and the uh, the ten year yield is already four percent and six month uh tB yield is about two point one percent so that's uh, probably a potential threat for the uh the the u s equity market, which everybody sees is a little bit overpriced or overvalued by now.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's end with AI. So you've got about 20 seconds each. Now, the Microsoft CEO, uh, Satya, said AI is a tidal wave as big as the internet. I do think it would be bigger. But what do you think, Alex?
1: Oh, I think it is. Uh, of course, uh, it would take some time to play out. And right now, probably people are a little bit concerned about the business model. But I think uh, people uh, will still invest in it. So that's why we are seeing the strength of
2: NVIDIA. Okay, James? Yeah, definitely. I think this is uh, like the fourth industrial revolution where yeah. productivity is are being increased and creative destruction are in progress. And we can see that as a simple example. Everything else in China has problems raising money, but except for one sector, that's AI, that is AI. And it can grow in value. Valuation can grow uh, in dramatically in about six months to be a unicorn. So that's a proof. So watch
0: this space again. Well, Alex and James, Alex Wong and James Wong, thank you for joining us today and sharing your insights.